I love to dance. Whenever I feel a little overwhelmed or anxious or out of sorts, I just get up and move. I dance between most of my recordings and Zoom calls at least every hour, even just for a few minutes. Ah, it's so freeing. And I feel like all my creativity gets released out of my body. Well, my next guest, Emily. Not only has she figured out how to virtually impact others with dance, but she is one of the most incredible human beings I've ever spoken to. This young lady and the impact that she's going to make on the world, ugh, I just can't wait. Her kindness, compassion, and empathy for others, ooh, just tap into that. And at such a young age, she wants to give back to so many people. Plus, even though I didn't get to see her dance because it's all recorded, you can check out a lot of her videos on her social media sites, which are listed. Enjoy, have fun, and hopefully it'll inspire you to bring out the creative side of you, whether it's dancing or music or drawing or crafts. Everybody needs that outlet. It will make you feel so joyful. I know, besides that, you're going to get some tips for self-care for yourself and how to get back to the world. Enjoy! This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Well, hello, hello, everyone. I am so excited to have this young lady on the show. I love all my guests, but she's a dancer, and you know... I love to dance. I love to move. She probably doesn't even know this, but I was a dance major. So this is going to be so much fun. I can't wait to hear all about her stories. But let me tell you about Emily Hart Lopez. Emily is a professional performing artist, dancer, entertainer, actor, and educator based in New York City and founder of her artistic brand, Ooh, Heart Heals, where passion is the purpose and healing follows. I love that. She is a 2016 graduate of the University of North Carolina School of Arts with a BFA in dance, and her work ranges from concert to company work, theater, and commercial. She's been all over the place. Her current focus is collaboration and instilling purpose-driven values, as well as arts advocacy on the local to global scale. Ah, Emily, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, Emily, I'm going to ask you a favor. You think maybe with the podcast, since they're not able to see you, we can have some links of some of your fun things you've done, your some of your dance stuff? Yeah, totally. Um, so the biggest, the best way to see everything I'm up to on a regular basis is through Instagram at Emily Hart Lopez. 
And on my other Instagram for my brand, it's at Heart Heels. Uh, and it's, I could spell it out if you need me to. <laughs> no, it's okay. We'll make sure we include the link. But yeah, I looked at some of your Instagram stuff and it's really awesome. It's a lot of fun stuff. All right, Emily, before we get started, my big thing with all my guests, I have to ask you, what word, just one, I'm sure you have a million because emotions are all over the place, but if you're going to take one word, describe your past 30 days, what would it be? Just the past 30 days. Messy. Mess. Oh, I like that. You know what, Emily? Every time I have somebody on and I think, okay, someone's going to repeat the word, they come up with a new one. All right. I have to find out why messy. Uh, I think because we're in election season and it's just crazy, the debates and voting and just kind of the apprehension as well as just dealing with a very unknown kind of lifestyle at this time, especially with, within my industry. So tell me about that. that. I would love to know how does it affect you and what you do? I mean, and you're right in New York still, right? Yes, I am. Uh, Are you it, right in the heart of it? I am. I, I was considered, I'm in Harlem, so that's not too far from Midtown. I'm in Manhattan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Harlem, well. Definitely wow. seen a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have. So, how's it changed up what you've been doing? Like, let's think a year ago. I'm sure it's way different. I used to go to New York almost at, well, at least once a month, and now I haven't been there in over a year. Oh wow! Um, yeah, a year ago I was performing more frequently on the weekends in Long Island with this Latin dance company. And I was teaching in the schools uh, during the after school, as well as just trying to train and perform and keep my art going, but everything was in person. And now, thankfully, there's still avenues and doors open, but a lot of it is virtual. I'm, I'm at home a lot more. I'm just navigating technology a lot more (laughs) and less, less in person uh performances as well so it's definitely been a big shift from where I was last year I was you know I was thinking of me and I I did a lot of speaking engagements and teaching and coaching everywhere and I love love the audience I'm sure you do too and at first I was nope I can't do it virtual I can't do it virtual people like oh you can and now I'm embracing it because I miss people so much and it was a whole thing figuring out how am I going to move and let them see what I do on camera? But I figured it out. It's not as much fun. I have to admit, I'd rather be hugging and kissing people, you know, but <laughs> I figured it out. Have Do you teach lessons virtually, dance lessons, or do you perform virtually? I've done a little bit of both since the pandemic. So for performances, we started self-taping which is kind of new for me. I know actors do that a little bit more, but um, yeah, whether it be in my living room or on my roof or in the yard, (laughs) family, we were making virtual performances uh, where we would just, the dancers had to film themselves. We'd rehearse through Zoom and then someone would edit it all together. And sometimes they would sell tickets or it would be free. Uh, So that's as far as performances, as far as teaching lessons 
in the early part of the pandemic, I was teaching online as well through Zoom and mm -hmm. once through Instagram. There's a lot of IG live classes that were happening and still happen. Yeah. And now, and now I'm able to teach more private lessons or small group lessons in a studio or in people's living rooms. Gotcha. Um, still some virtual. So it's kind of more of a hybrid now, but I only operate with masks. Yeah. Um, yeah. The whole let's be in the room without the mask together it's so that's been a little tricky especially on my skin but it's really yeah fun. yeah it's worth it and you're figuring it out and you're you're doing what you feel is necessary but you're still getting yourself out there you know so let's let's back up a little bit with uh filming so are you everybody says you know sandy the young kids they can figure out they can do everything with like a phone or an iphone are you filming your dancing and that just with a you putting it on a tripod there? I'm trying to visualize this. Yes, I actually, and I don't even have the high tech technology. I have a seven plus. I've oh no, say it's not true, Emily. <laughs> it is true. I'm a little bit more old school than maybe some people in my generation. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm making it work. Thankfully, my roommates have a nice camera and I was able to make a dance film using his camera and a hybrid of all our phones. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I get, I, yes, I have an LG. I do not have an iPhone. I'm the only one in my house that doesn't have an iPhone. And I was on a call the other day and they're like, Sandy, how do you conduct business? I go, I didn't realize I needed an iPhone to conduct business. So I hear you, you know, you got to do what you, you can and, all the fancy equipment is great, but look, you're making it work. You said with an iPhone seven. Yes, it's doable. And yeah, no one, I think you're, you don't need the iPhone either. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll figure it out. Won't we? We'll figure it out. So I love that you say this word because I say this all the time. Never be afraid of growth. That looks like a zigzag. I always say I zig and I zag. I'm bobbing and weaving. So I love the way that, that just, to me, zigzag, you got to do a lot of it to figure it out. Absolutely. So I want you to explain that a little bit more to me. What do you mean by that? I think it kind of coincides with what I said about messy this past month, because I think on the outside, a lot of people, I think we all feel a pressure to look like we're successful and we're on this direct, clear path. But life throws you curveballs all the time. And I think now is the perfect example, this pandemic, this election. I mean, so many things that are have a lot out of our control and we have to be willing to be flexible and roll with the punches. And where I came up with that a little bit was I had a, I remember a professor in college gave me an assessment and said that, yeah, that growth is not always linear and that that's how I was progressing that I didn't, it, I was, he, I got really offended back then in my immature young self. I was like, Oh, I'm hitting a plateau, but I work so hard. I show up and I always show up. I always work so hard. Why am I not growing at the rate I thought I would? Mm. And I just took that lesson with me then to now because living in the city that is so chaotic with so many people and in an industry where so much is out of my control uh, I'm just trying to embrace that and ride the wave. Yeah. 
Okay. So now, now I get it. it's a little bit more clear. You were saying that it doesn't always have to be a straight path, right? Yes. It doesn't have to always be this straight, clear path. Uh, I heard something the other night and I said this for years and now I'm back to saying it because I very much believe I call them, some people call them affirmations. I call them power statements, but to me, it has to resonate with you. You don't want to just say it because you heard it because then it has no emotion behind it. But something that I used to always say is things are always working out for me, even if I can't see them right now. That to me reminds me of not the straight, clear path and a zigzag, right? Things are always working out for me. And I think sometimes I, I get it. Like you think on social media, oh, everyone's figuring it out. Look what they're doing. They got all these likes. They're doing this. They're doing that. But it's usually not all that way behind the scenes, right? So true. So true. If you open the door and you look back in there, you'd be like, wait a minute. And a lot of times, even though we don't like it, when we're zigging and zagging, I know for me, that's when my big, I just had a brainstorm, right? Yes. Have you had any of those lately where you thought your back was against the wall or you weren't sure how you were going to do something and it brought out your creative juices? I think so. I think this year, especially, I went into 2020 thinking I was going to make these big moves in my career and try to book a tour or get into a musical or something like that. Um, And then the pandemic hit and it was kind of just a wake up call and a reminder to myself that I needed to keep going on that path that I had already started about a year ago with my brand and with the classes I was offering. And so this wake up call was just kind of like, you don't always, you can't wait around for other people to hand you opportunities. You have to carve them out yourself and you can't be afraid of your voice and, and being open to that path as it's happening. So everything I've been doing is, was setting me up, I think, for where I'm starting to go now. Um, and I think I was afraid of it for a long time. And then mm-hmm. I just have to embrace it. Emily, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 26. So you're really young and you're figuring this all out. You know, you're going to be really great when you're older, man, because a lot of stuff, this this is like a lifetime. And if you're getting all this, think of it that way. This is an opportunity for you to get all these hardcore lessons. in. <laughs> Imagine what you're going to be like in 10 years. You'll be like, oh, this is nothing, right? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I think there'll be different challenges for different seasons, but there will be a greater confidence. As yes. In being used to navigating that. Yeah. You'll have more tools in your toolbox, as they say. Absolutely. All right. So I need to ask you about heart heals. Why? When? How? When did it all come about? Thank you so much for asking. So this is something I'm actually really excited to talk about. And almost I get nervous talking about it because it's so new. Um, But heart heals is basically the umbrella brand for everything I do. So I think a lot of professional artists look, think of like JLo or Kevin Hart. They have their name and everyone knows them by their name because they're a celebrity, but they have Mm. a lot of kind of business ventures and a lot of areas within their field 
that they produce or collaborate or whatever it be. So with Heart Heals, it's my way of carving out my my name as an artist. And so what it is, is anytime I produce an event or I do a, a collaboration, whether it be like a concept video or a teaching a workshop, and whenever I teach private lessons or group lessons, it's basically everything I do under one. And my intention behind it is to always just lead with purpose and see that whoever I'm working with, that we can learn and grow from each other um, in finding a little bit more what our purpose is and just mm. kind of power together, do that together. And the healing aspect is that it's not a traditional idea of healing or helping people dive into their trauma or anything like that. It's more that if you're aligned in your purpose, I truly believe that you're a little closer to feeling whole and that's an aspect of healing. Mm. You're preaching to the choir. (laughs) (laughs) You're preaching to... Now, have you been like this your whole life? Were you growing up with parents that were like this? Like, how did you get to this point? Well, thank you. I've been... I grew up with the most amazing parents. I they were always. I, I hope they hopefully they'll listen to this. Uh, not to talk about the negative, but I think I saw in them that they had a lot of talents and gifts and dreams, okay. and they might not have fully tapped into all of those, but they instilled those values in me and my brother, which was always in the arts, and it was always anything that we were passionate about or eager to do. They were gung-ho on just trying to support us in that, even to now, as our dreams have shifted. Um, And so I think they helped me a lot uh, in just feeling confident that no dream is too big, even though it's hard. Yeah, It's a long journey. It doesn't happen overnight. But just that continued support all my life, that made a huge difference to give me more confidence in what I'm pursuing. Well, if I were your parents, I would be really happy to hear that because (laughs) there is no manual. You can't do it perfect. You know, we all have our challenges, our ups and downs, but you said that so eloquently, Emily. Yeah, that was perfect. All right. So here you are. You're 26. You started this new brand, this new company, Heart Heals. Close your eyes. Where do you want it to be in five years? I've been, (laughs) I don't know if I'll have all the answers, but I've been doing work. I have a business mentor, uh, Elena Perez. She's amazing. And Mm -hmm. she's been helping me kind of envision. Uh, So the biggest thing I could say in five years, I want this to be something that could give me a space to travel internationally. Mm -hmm. And that's good. Yeah, to offer my skill sets, but mostly to just connect with people all around the world that I can learn from within the arts. I don't I don't limit myself to one style of dance or one art form. Uh, and so it's really just a way, I think, for me to connect to people, but also give myself stability and confidence that I have skill sets and knowledge and experience that I can share as share with others and hopefully some support myself more financially, especially in times like these where my industry might be suffering. Well, 
I think that's a lot said. <laughs> I think you that you do have a clear path. I mean, there's going to be things that come all along the way, but I love and I'm going to help you. I'm going to like I'm going to think about that and send you good vibes so that you can travel international and create that space. Great. What books do you have any books you read or mentors that influence you besides the one you mentioned? Yes, I mean, I'm a big self-help junkie. It's probably I can tell. <laughs> Like it's probably in my speech, but um, I, Me too. I'm looking over, I have the You Are a Badass by yeah. Jen Sincero. I don't know if you pronounce her name like that. Um, but I also, I've been a huge fan of Brene Brown recently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lewis House, Jay Shetty, uh, uh, Matthew Hussey, even. I know he's more dating and relationships, but all those big names, I'm a big fan because I think they all have something different to offer and they all add value yeah. to my life. And you can either read them in books or now they have podcasts. Yes. Yeah. I love listening to some of those people on podcasts. Like, well, I'll be biking. I'll be like, I, I can get it in while I'm biking. So there yeah. it's fun. I am also a self-help junkie. My family always says to me, seriously, how much help do you need? It's like a joke because I'm constantly reading something. But I always love knowledge, Emily. You know, I like seeking mm-hmm. knowledge and applying that, you know, to my craft. So my next question for you was going to be, what style of dance do you like the most? But you said you like them all? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> maybe not all of them, but a lot of them. I... My favorite right now is Latin dance, which I know there's many styles of Latin dance, okay. but I really enjoy that and fusing it together with maybe a little bit of contemporary um, and jazz, commercial styles. So I just like that aspect. I love the music. It's part of my heritage and especially Zouk, which is um, Brazilian Zouk. Sorry. It's a, as you know, from Brazil. I just yeah. And um, it's a partner dance. It's a social dance. So I'm, I miss it so much because of the pandemic. Yeah. It's beautiful. The music is amazing. So no hip hop, huh? A little bit. I like it. I wish I was better <laughs> at it. Um, no. He does street jazz and hip hop. Oh, so does he? Yes. <laughs> I taught hip hop and did hip hop for years. I mean, not that I'm great, like the guys in the streets, because those guys and gals are incredible nowadays, but I loved hip hop and my favorite was hip hop, tap and Hawaiian. I don't, yeah, I love it. Not that I haven't done the Latin dance, but it's more, let's say what people would know, like the Zumba form, you know, I love, yeah, yeah. Which is great because Zumba brought Latin dance to the forefront, I think. Oh, I think so. I think it did help a lot. And I, and I like that Latin dance now, or at least the part I'm in, it's not ballroom. It's more in the social dance world. And oh. even though they they do what I've done, it's also been in competitive dance world, uh, which was new to me as well. I like that it's very accessible. Latin dance across the world is something that I think people really crave. The rhythms, it has a fusion of a lot of backgrounds. Like if you look at salsa, like it didn't just come from Cuba. Um, 
the, with the Cuban influence that came from Africa and it was uh, and other places. So it's a, a mixture of different rhythms and music and and movement from around the world. So that's what I love about at least some forms of Latin dance. Dancing makes me smile, Emily. I tell people I know I'm looking for this. I don't know if you have it or you can find it, but I was on a podcast a few weeks ago and this guy goes, you know, there was a study that came out recently that there's scientific proof that five minutes of dancing is great for your, not just your body, but your mental health, but he can't find it now. You know, he, uh-huh. this, he was in China and some guy told him about it. Have you heard about that? Cause I would love that. Cause then I could say, see, see it's scientific proof. I actually haven't, but I've heard so, I wouldn't be surprised. I've heard so yeah. much research on, how dance helps your memory it can prevent like Alzheimer or maybe I'm speaking too, too far into that, that I don't know for a fact, but I know it, they've said it really helps young students in their learning process yeah. as well as other forms of academics. So it, it helps so many areas of life. Well, the first part you were talking about, it is true. And that's because of the choreography. So there's two, if you're just dancing freestyle. That's one thing. But yes. the choreography, that's where it comes in to help your memory and keep you alert and keep you focused. Because when you're learning choreography, you know, you know, you, you can't wander off or you missed a few steps. True. True. I came up there. I forget the name of it. It was a great African dance studio. I love African dance, too. And they're like, oh, you know, this is beginner class. I was like excited. OK, great, great. You know, I go in. It, they were moving so fast, I thought. And, the, and they had women and men in their 80s in there, Emily. These people could move. They're jumping. They're going up and down. And I said, "How? Can, why? How? And they're like, well, <laughs> and they said, well, we never stopped. And I love that. We never stopped. Mm. But my brain was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I had to get pushed to the back. But I couldn't keep up with how quickly they were just going from once. I don't know if you've ever been in a class like that because, you know, you teach yeah. kids. But I was like holy moly, you know, they were just going and go. And when people say something to do with age, they were all ages and they whipped my butt for sure. <laughs> have you yeah, ever I taken know. an African dance class? I have. I think I took like Afro jazz classes okay. at the American Dance Festival or just here and there when I ever I was around it um, or joined in these dance backs where they'd have African dance groups come and teach us some moves. And yeah, it's fast and it's, it's very challenging. Well, for you, since you're still really in it, I'm sure you could go into a new class of any sorts and pick up the choreography quickly. Oh, I hope so. That would be, <laughs> that's a great goal. I struggle a lot with tap. Actually. I know you said you dance tap. That's very hard for me. <laughs> really? That's funny. Yes. Well, we all have our specialties, don't we? We all have our specialties. All right, let's circle back around. So I'm going through some of your little cute, I love these, the tips and the statements, but I want to focus more in on this. You said right now, your big focus is collaboration and instilling purpose-driven values as well as arts advocacy on the local to global scale. Uh-huh. Uh, like so needed, right? So needed. <laughs> and can you tell us a little bit more, like, how do you want to do that? Yes. Is it, Oh, I could spend an hour talking about this. So I'll try to That's okay. ramble on. But um, as far as collaboration, first of all, I think it's important to go into any space thinking about 
what can I learn from the people around me? Because they have a different background and experience than me uh, and more knowledge to offer. So I think I like what I'm trying to do, especially with what I'm doing with my brand and teaching is I'm trying to just have more of a conversation with people and to understand kind of what holds them back when they're when they dance kind of like what are their roadblocks uh, because I want to help them with their goals but I want to become a better teacher as I'm training them as well so that's kind of one aspect of collaboration okay. I'm focusing on is teaching the other is artistic projects like video collaborations I've been doing with especially with like bachata and salsa dancers right now and the other aspect I forgot the last thing oh the arts advocacy yeah I think you have to you can't just talk the talk right you have to walk the walk so my big thing is the more I can build what I'm doing my work and my brand the more I can advocate for myself as an artist and not accept um, jobs that are too underpaid or under conditions the more I can advocate for others as I get further along in my career or even for my friends it's really just about making sure I can be part of that conversation in a voice um, and as well as yeah to lead by example so I'm working on that as well because dancers were usually put at the bottom of the totem pole yeah yep. in, in my experience we, yep. we have the smallest paychecks and and I've experienced this firsthand between being in an equity play uh, in a union versus when I've done non-union work as a dancer it's a very different experience so I I definitely want to be a part of changing that and uh, where artists are more valued in society and can take it more seriously as a real profession Woo-hoo. I'm going to cheer you on, Emily. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. All right. So we have so many questions here because I always ask my listeners to send in questions before you're on, but I'm going to pick just a couple. Okay. Okay. Here's the one. What do you mean by comparison versus motivation lead to very different outcomes? Oh, yes. Okay. I've been struggling with this a lot. So I find myself, I think when we have a mindset of comparison, whether it be when you're looking in social media, or if it's even a close friend or colleague, and you're looking at what they're doing, and you're saying, Oh, I'm not doing enough. They're doing that the right way. They're, they're going to you know, you start having that little jealousy, all those things that come in, especially with women. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I've been listening to this a lot and versus being motivated by the people around you. So how can you live closely and have close relationships with people who are highly successful, who are thriving, who are living in their purpose and rather be intimidated by that? How can you use that as motivation for yourself? You know, well, it's so true, but we all need to be reminded of that because even if you're not, you know, I say a green, jealous person, I hate to say green now because I love green because of the environment, <laughs> but <laughs> they should say green with envy, but we all have it. We're human. You know, we have yes. all emotions. It's just the amount. And the only thing that you can do is like you said, is recognize it when it's there, you're feeling it go. It's okay to feel that it's human, but now what? And to surround yourself, like you said, with 
where you want to go. That's a smart thing to do. You always want to surround yourself with people that you enjoy, that uplift you. And also you, you have your mentors be like, Hey, I want to get there someday. You know what? I want to be, no matter what their age. And the more that you can realize it's an, and I always say that Emily, it's an, and meaning Mm -hmm. that just because they have, it doesn't mean I can't. It's like when someone says, Oh, did you hear? I hear this all. Oh, did you hear someone else started a podcast in that field? I go, Good for them. Or, Hey, they started a business in that. Or that's a saturated market. I hear it all the time. Same thing. Cause I was in the health club business and I taught dance and or writing books. You hear the same thing. And like, Oh, there's so many people. And I say, Well, now there's going to be a million and one. And uh-huh. they laugh because I remind myself of that. Because nobody can be you. No one can be that unique you, who you are. And what you said about if you're passionate about it and motivated about it, you just keep holding on to that and go, you know, and you just go. I remember really quick story, and I have to get, I have a few more questions for you, where a lot of different studios in Philadelphia, New York, when I would come to take classes, you had to put down if you were, you know, a teacher, health club owner, they wouldn't let me in to take their classes because they didn't want me to see what they were doing. And I didn't understand that because I went to health clubs and I embraced everyone coming into my health clubs. And I mentor a lot of young people in how to start a business and grow their business. To this day, they, you know, everyone calls me like, hey, how did you do this? I, I don't get it. They can't take you. I don't, I don't, you got to share it. You know, you have to share what you know and spread it. So it's so nice and refreshing for me to hear this about you, you know, that, that's one of your main goals. So keep doing it, you know? Thank you. You inspired me. I, I feel motivated now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I got to keep it about you because the same thing, this is a big topic for me. But whenever somebody says, oh, that doesn't mean you tell them maybe about a project you're working on until you're ready to launch it, because then that's a little different. You might not want to tell naysayers. You don't want to you want to really wait until you're ready to go so that no one can like talk you out of it. But that's True. different than, cause of the, that I always say, make sure the people you share it with, they're going to give you constructive thoughts, but they're not going to, you know, naysay it like, Oh, you can't do that. There's a million people doing it. There's so many people dance, whatever, but that's yeah. different than helping others. Cause I, I, this is just me. I truly believe the more you help, the more you get back and somebody will just, that you never expected give you some valuable information that you're like, that's just what I needed today. So Emily, I'm so proud of you. All right. Okay. Another question I have here from Bob. Bob wants to, uh, he said, I said ballerina, but I think he means ballet. He'd like to take ballet classes. He's younger. He's about age seven and he, that's a fake name, by the way, because we don't want to say okay. <laughs> he's age seven, but doesn't know what's possible to start classes now online. Please ask Miss Emily. Oh, well, he's hi. age seven. He's young. So he's young. Hi, Bob. <laughs> okay. um, thanks for asking that question. I think that's just exciting, exciting that you're going to hopefully start your dance journey soon. As far as well, depending where you're located, I would have your grown-up look up uh, local dance studios and see if they're offering online classes. Uh, if not, I know that there's amazing dance organizations like 
American Ballet Theater and New York City Ballet and Mark Morris Dance Center uh, and Alvin Ailey. I mean, there's a, I know at least in New York, there's these big uh, institutions that have been around for a long time that offer programs to children. And I wouldn't be surprised if they have anything online. Mm. Additionally, I will plug that uh, one of the companies I'm with, Gotham Dance Theater, uh, the, there are some kids' classes that are being offered right now for eight weeks. And we have one teacher, Miss Lindsay, she goes by as uh, Lindsay Corbett. She's okay. offering different dance classes for young children online. Oh, cool. Uh, and she could probably teach at least ballet privately if she's not teaching a group one already. So I would, I can send you the link for her as well. And for the company. Oh, cool. And he's from Chicago, by the way. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm trying to think any other. Hubbard Street Dance Chicago might offer programs. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they offered some youth programs as well. I think you've given Bob a lot of direction there. Okay. Cool. That's cool. And I'm glad he's doing it. All right. Let's try to get a couple more in here. Mary Beth, she's age 19, always wanted to do Latin dance. Where should she start? What type should she start with? And should she just take one of the organized classes like Zumba? What would you recommend? Now, she did Mm. dance. She has taken dance before. So she's got about eight years, let's see, eight years experience of dancing, but she's never taken Latin dance. Uh, where, where is she located? Do you know? She is located in Philadelphia. Okay. So I don't know as much any Latin dance teachers in Philly, but um, I do know some people who could teach her online. So um, uh, Simena Salgado, one of my former directors of Urumamena, as well as uh, Christina Rajakujamari, who is training me right now. There's a huge list of people, Jorge, uh, Jorge Riascos. Uh, these are all kind of like New York City, Long Island, New Jersey-based teachers. Mm. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if at least there's online classes. I personally feel that it's best to look at um, the social. It depends what you're trying to do. As far as ballroom dance, I don't know as much. No, it wasn't um, ballroom. It wasn't ballroom. Oh, yes. But I mean, there are Latin ballroom dances and then there's social Latin dance. Yeah. So if you're looking for social Latin dance, I would say that those teachers are great, as well as the OGs like Eddie Torres uh, is really famous and his son. So there's a big New York community. I would say start with salsa, bachata, and then maybe, you know, going to cha-cha and um even samba, if you wanted to, but definitely salsa and bachata. I would start with there, and I know a lot of great teachers there. Oh, and the bacha twins. So there's a huge list. <laughs> well, you know what we're going to do? I think, Emily, I'm going to make sure with your podcast, we have some of those links and names that we'll get from you. Does that sound cool? Yes. All right. You ready for one more question? Yes. Okay. This is Jane. Jane, she says she's middle-aged. That's what I got. She's middle-aged. How can she, I don't think you can answer this, Emily, but I'm going to throw it out there. Okay. She wants to know, how can she convince her husband to take dance classes with her? Oh, well, <laughs> that's a tricky thing too. I know how it is. 
to convince someone <laughs> to try to do something. Does your boyfriend dance? He does dance, but it, you know, it's different. Like if it was something non-dance related, trying yeah. to convince him, you know, if someone's stubborn, they're stubborn, but I love him, but <laughs> I'm stubborn too. So I understand. I would say, um, find a way to make it not intimidating. So maybe starting yourself to mm-hmm. take a class or two and then casually in the moment at some point being like, oh, can I show you what I learned in class? And then if you can get him just to learn a few steps and he likes it, then he might be more inclined to come to class. Sometimes I think with, you know, with men sometimes, not all men, but <laughs> he feels like, oh, that's for women. Cause that's a big mindset around dance still to this day. Oh, that's for women. See if you can find a place where there are other men in the class, like his age. Or if it's a couple's class or something like that. So maybe starting there. Yeah. And then whatever, have I always have a reward of something, you know, it really enjoys. Like I was trying to convince my husband and I would be like, okay, well, you could pick the movie for the night or cook his favorite meal, balance it out. Who knows? But it's a tough thing. You're right. You know, and sometimes uh, I've even taken classes with girlfriends because I'm like, I'm not going to wait. You know what I mean? I want to. I want to take those couple classes. You can bring a friend in. doesn't matter, right? True. Oh, totally. Yeah. Do what brings you joy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hear you. All right. You ready for rapid fire? We got to get going here, Emily. Uh, there's so many more questions. I'm going to tell them they can send them in and maybe you can get back to them another time. But this is rapid fire. I just ask you whatever question comes to mind and you just answer whatever you want. Okay. You ready? Yeah. All right. Here you go. Favorite food? Uh, uh, Indian food. Really? Indian food. Favorite color? Uh, turquoise right now. Turquoise right now. What do you like to do anything in your spare time besides dance? Like, do you have another hobby? I like being in nature or doing yoga, meditation. Oh, Ooh. what would your favorite day look like or one of your favorite days getting up in the morning to the end oh I think being able to sleep in have like a nice cup of coffee or cappuccino or something and it would be finding myself in another country where (laughs) I could wander and explore that would be like my dream days where I can be in a new space with someone I love and just explore and and be around new people and experiences. Ooh, I would like that too. I'm imagining myself there. Okay, next question. Do you have a guilty pleasure you can tell us about? Like a show that you watch or something that you do, you know, that, you know, yes. maybe, maybe Netflix <laughs> show or you eat ice cream in the middle of the night. Who knows? Totally. I think just like I'm a self-help junkie, I've definitely, since I was young, I was very hopeless romantic type junkie. Okay. So, the show that no one likes to admit, but I do like the Bachelor and Bachelorette series. (laughs) No, I'm glad glad you admitted it because I hear a lot of people say that because they just think it's goofy enough, you know, just silly and they can, you know, escape for a little bit, you know, and it's funny. And it's funny. Okay. Is there something that you can tell us about yourself that most people may not know? Oh, okay. Uh, this is one of my favorite little fun facts is that 
in my household, my brother and I joke that we're Scottamalans, which I'll explain what that means, who grew up eating mostly Asian food and celebrating Jewish ha- holidays, even though we're not Jewish. Okay. So my mom is from Guatemala and my dad is like Scots-Irish descent. Oh, and gotcha. So that's the hybrid name. And my dad would always make a stir fry left out of anything. So we were always eating kind of different types of foods from around the world. And then, uh, yeah, we celebrated a lot of Jewish holidays and we are not Jewish. It's all right. I, I love holidays. Anything to celebrate, Emily, anything to celebrate, I am all about, you know? Yes, the same. Okay, so you ready? Yes. One word. If I say the word, you're like, yes, what's she going to do now? If I say the word universe, what does that mean to you? Unity? Universe. Yes, I think I'm going to say unity. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I hesitated. That's the question mark. No, unity. I got it. Okay. I'm listening a little bit more. Elaborate. Oh, I can't share more. I was thinking it was like a one word answer. No, you can share more. So when you say universe, yeah, I conduct that a lot to nowadays. I think it's some people's way of acknowledging kind of a higher power um, Mm -hmm. or something bigger than ourselves. And I think it's something that can kind of provide and look out for us and, and just give us guidance if we're aligned and open to listening and receiving. Got it. Love it. Wonderful. Perfect. Uh, Emily, it's really sad. I have to go now. (laughs) We have to go now. And I could talk to you forever. And I love, love, love your accent. I'm sitting here going, oh, wow. (laughs) I just want her to keep talking. (laughs) Do you speak, do you speak any other languages? I do. I speak Spanish, like uh, passive lingually. So almost fluently, but I make a few mistakes here and there. I make mistakes in English and I only speak one language. (laughs) I someday I'm going to learn another language someday, Emily. All right, Emily, before we go, is there anything you want to say that we didn't get in before we wrap up here? Uh, I just want to thank you so much for having me and just having the space, especially as a young artist, it's really nice to see someone else who's you know, it seems like from what I know about you, you wear all these hats and are thriving in it and instilling value and purpose in others. So it's really exciting for me to meet you in this way and to just have a platform to share a little bit more about what I'm passionate about. Well, thank you, Emily. And I'm sure we'll be in touch because it's been a thrill for me to talk to you too. But I also know you are really going to inspire the young people. So any of my listeners out there, please, please share that, you know, with your friends, with your kids, with your neighbors, any young person would benefit by listening to Emily. You've been so inspirational. I loved it. If you love this episode, which I know you will look up Emily, share, like, rate, pass it on, do all the fun things. And until next time, my people, you know what I'm going to say. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.